Hola, mi gente. My name is Jessica Yanez, and I want you to join me for some wine and chisme. The Wine and Chisme podcast was created to amplify voices across communities of color, all while drinking a glass of wine. From wine talk, interviews, and recaps of all things pop culture, join me every Wednesday for the chisme. Please make sure to check out the Wine and Chisme podcast and other amazing podcasts as part of the Latina Podcasters Network. Bienvenidos a So Violento, So Macabro Podcast. Yo soy Ali. Y yo soy Dee. Y hoy Dee les contará de un caso que sucedió en Glendale, Arizona. Technology is usually used as an outlet, a resource, or a vital part of survival for some people. Whether it's scrolling to TikTok, searching through Google for latest information, or even to pass the time while gaming and live streaming. But what happens when a 14-year-old girl gets caught up on the web and goes missing without a trace, without any clues of her whereabouts or where she might be today? How can a child just disappear? This is the case of Alicia Navarro. Advertencia. La información de este caso puede ser desencadenante para algunos. Tenga en cuenta que algunos de estos casos pueden involucrar menores de edad, abuso, violación o violencia. Escuchen con precaución. Warning. The information on this case can be triggering to some. Please be advised that some of these cases may involve children, abuse, rape, and violence. Listen with caution. together but I'm just need help. I'm trying to do everything I can to keep her story alive. It's not just a picture. This is my daughter. This could be your daughter. It could be your sister, your niece, your friend. Alicia Cristina Navarro was born on September 20th, 2004 in Glendale, Arizona. She lived with her mother, Jessica, her stepfather, and her two younger siblings, as well as her little puppy named Sushi. Alicia was diagnosed with autism at, the, at a young age, and she was also, by therapists, were told that she had social anxiety, as well as a few other medical issues that also um, prevented her from doing a lot of quote-unquote normal things. Um, she also had a very high uh, sensory issues. I think that's how they call it, where certain things really affected her, whether it's like smell or like touch or taste. So she had a lot of specific things that she enjoyed and uh, specific routines. And change was really difficult for her uh, to adapt to, especially as she was growing older. Her mom describes her as a loving child. She was high functioning, so she was very, also very intelligent. Um, she was very tech savvy. So anything that had to do with technology or computers, she just really loved to like explore those um, options. 
Although she struggled in school, she was still considered to be an honor roll student. Um, she also loved anime, and she had recently started enjoying um, gaming and enjoying watching people live stream. And she just enjoyed that whole new aspect in her uh, hobby. According to her mom, Alisa was a simple girl who mostly kept to herself. And she was very introverted and had a small group of friends that she knew since she was in kindergarten. So for her to open up to people was very hard. She usually kept to the same people or she just took a very long time to open up to others. Jessica also describes that Alicia had a very difficult time leaving her home. Um, just the thought of having to be away from her home would make her spiral into like tantrums and breakdowns and um, her home was like her safe space. So for a lot of the time when she was going in and out of school, she either would be homeschooled or she would be taken out because she was missing a lot. Um, she just truly just enjoyed the fact of being home. She didn't like the fact that she had to go to school. So as soon as she hit her teenage years and going into middle school and, and eventually going into high school was something that was very scary for her. So it was like a, a completely new change for her. Y más con alguien que ha sido diagnosticado with social anxiety, se sienten más a gusto being in their, in their own space, in their room, yeah. and just isolating. Yeah, and, and also, you know, she was autistic, so it's like... To, to have aspect there too it's yeah yeah Another. yeah so it, it added to the to the safe space of being home as soon as alicia turned 11 years old her mom uh, is said to say that alicia was really into gaming um during this time she was really into minecraft and a lot of uh video game platforms where she had like a chance to communicate and interact with other people Um, Alicia's mother also says that Alicia had a very easier time to communicate and express herself when it came to online because there was that barrier of her not being in, you know, face to face with somebody. Yeah, she was more open to be herself. And a lot of the platforms that she used to 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 talk to people online were like chat rooms and like a specific one was called a uh, discord i don't know if you know what that is do you know what that I've is heard of it. yeah mm -hmm. yeah so discord for those that don't know discord is a, a social media platform that is mostly used like a a chat or like a forum where people could uh, make a chat room basically and interact with each other and send text messages to each other have phone calls or like video calls or even private message each other so within the gaming community specifically they would go into this discord and like have conversations about yeah about like gaming and like certain like you know twitch streamers and stuff like that so in one of these forums uh she would go in there and talk to people about like her social anxiety and how she was autistic and like mind you she was like like around this age she was like around 14 years old when she started really going into these discords she, she was pretty young yeah. but she was very um tech savvy and and according to a few of the, of the articles that i read based on her autism there's like certain aspects of them i don't know if you could 
comment into this, but there's certain aspects where where people within the spectrum sometimes act very mature for their age sometimes. And then there's sometimes where they act very immature. Yeah. So there's like depending on in donde estés in the where they fall, yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. So like when she was in these discords, like she like they, they could tell that she was still young, but she still had this like intelligence and like having really in-depth conversations about these things and a lot of these people that were in these discords really enjoyed talking to her because of it i mean i don't really belong into the gaming community but i know that they're they're either very welcoming or very critical or they're just very into gaming so for her to love this part part of the internet and be involved in that section of the internet just shows that she this is like a really passionate thing for her and she was very open to talk to people online during this time uh jessica was very happy that alicia was becoming a little bit more open and a little bit more comfortable with herself a little bit more confident in who she was becoming as a as a person going into high school and going through you know hormonal changes and, and going through different sceneries can really affect a child and she was hoping that the internet would really help alicia grow into herself but also during this new venture alicia began to talk to a lot of people online and according to different sources and interviews jessica actually says that she actually would talk to alicia about the dangers of um social media and it came to a point that based on her social anxiety and in order for her to transition properly to um high school they went to a therapist in order to help her like establish herself and help her like guide her into going into school and and going into this new era of of, of like you know her age and porque era más fácil para ella esconderse tras de una pantalla ellas querían que que se abriera más en persona para que no tuviera problemas en la en la escuela yeah exactly so during these conversations it turns out that Alicia was talking to older men on the internet. And Jessica said that she found one conversation with an older man where Alicia was having um, quote-unquote adult conversations with this person. And she eventually even pursued legal actions and told authorities about this type of conversation that her daughter was having with a older man. Um, it doesn't say how old, but I know it was like 30s, 40s. So there was like a really older man talking to a 14-year-old. And so she pressed charges on this man. But then again... Alicia did did it again where she started talking to another person who was like in their 20s and started to share personal information about herself. So mm-hmm. Jessica ended up taking Alicia into therapy and talking to her therapist about it and both her therapist and Jessica both opened up to Alicia about the dangers of social media and talking to people online and talking to strangers online and how to be careful and just have an open conversations about the dangers of being online and for the most part they genuinely thought that they you know they made a difference in her and 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 she understood especially her being very you know high functioning and they thought that she would understand that part and would want to you know 
be in the safer side. But, you know, she they're, they're also teenagers and they also feel like they know more than you because, you know, I mean, I know that at my age, if my mom told me about the dangers of the Internet, I would just be like, yeah, mom, whatever. I could go into these chat rooms and talk to people like it's fine. But, you know, it's also a different time. I mean, when we were young and we were on the Internet, I mean, That's we were using dialogue. Yeah. And, and it's a, and now it's like everybody has a phone. Everybody has access to the Internet. Very. It's like, muy fácil. El acceso yeah. al internet and you know just like you said we had dial-up but usar el internet we yeah. had to connect from our house and like you know we had yeah. like 10 minutes to be online and now these kids tienen este this object el celular like, yeah. todo el día so it's so easy yeah. to just hide things from your parents yeah and also like we aparte de que tienen celulares igual you know they have to use it for school so now like these kids have like online projects with 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 you know oh you have to submit your homework in this thing or you have to like log in 40 minutes into this website to do work or worksheets so like the internet is literally being taught in school now where like kids are being you know taking into like typing classes and typing courses and Mm -hmm. and and doing research online like my little cousin was doing like a project online he was he's like 10 and he's been like doing like projects online and i'm like i remember when you used to use the encyclopedia and yeah with those books he was like the a through z and yes if you had to talk about wells for a project i will scarl in all the libros about wells it's just and you had to like look through books and and stuff everything was very manually i know it sounds like very weird to us to be talking about the internet like this because it's so long ago but it's really it's yeah not yeah like we're not that old i'm I know, <laughs> but like for instance, for us, like we, I do remember that sometimes, like cuando nos castigaban, at least for me and my cousin, when we're like, oh, you know, you don't can't be on the internet, we would literally go to the library because we had a library card and we could use the internet from there. And so it's like, this. yeah, I mean, so I I understand Alicia's point of view when it came to like feeling like she knows best, but also it's terrifying the internet is a terrifying oh, yeah. place mm-hmm. as 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 much as it's a good place for all of us it also has like an edge of double oh, yeah. swords where mm-hmm. it, it could also be very dangerous yeah. as of 2019 alicia was starting to go into school into high school so she was getting ready to you know have this confidence in the new school and talk to new people and so far alicia uh, jessica says that alicia was having this change where you can see that she had a little bit more confidence but she could also see her back down Mm -hmm. and be back to her like social anxiety stages but during the course of her the fall semester she started to notice that um alicia started to change a little bit more especially after gaming online for a couple of months she says that she started to ask for certain things that at the time it didn't seem odd, but now it seems a little bit off-putting because of the type of person that Alicia was. She says that Alicia started to ask her mom for body spray and that she started to ask to wear makeup. And she was also asking to buy more 
form-fitted and specific clothing. According to Jessica, she started to realize that, you know, maybe she's going through the change. Maybe she wants to fit in with those at school, you know? That makes sense. It's during the, t- yeah, it's during the time where girls are wearing body spray, that are wearing makeup, that are, you know, we're going through that glow up yeah, as, as, you know, some kids say, yeah. where it's, where, you know, she started to realize that she might have been like getting into her, her own thing now. So, a part of her didn't find it as strange, but she did, she did find it a little bit odd because of her like high um, sensory issues, mm. because she was very like sensitive when it came to smells, and very sensitive when it came to clothes, because she would always wear the same type of clothes all the time, even though she lived in Arizona, she would be wearing like long sleeve shirts. Mm. Makes sense. You it's know, part of her sensory the autism. Yeah. Yeah. So. She also liked a specific type of music. And during this time, she noticed that Alicia began to ask for a specific band. She was like, she wanted to listen to Pink Floyd. And she wanted to wear Pink Floyd merchandise. And, you know, she was like, okay, you know, this is probably like... She probably heard it somewhere and she really liked it. Mm-hmm. Like she was just trying to find reasons on why not to find it strange. Alicia ended up asking for this specific top, which was like a backless top, which is like, you know, more form fitting in the front without like with her back showing. And Jessica found it weird because she was like, you know, she doesn't like this type of clothes. Like, why would she want this? But, you know, she she said that she would have taken into consideration. But, you know, she still thought it's just probably her changing. Me imagino que para la mamá de, de ver a su hija de un año estar encerrada en su cuarto y, you know, not socializing with kids, maybe her age and in, in person and to see that low self-esteem y luego de mirar este cambio en su hija de que, oh, ahora está hablando con otros, está yendo a la escuela, she's not having as many problems. For her, was like, okay, my daughter is, is progressing. Yeah, it, it of was, course. She saw it as a good thing. ¿Quién se iba a poner a pensar que algo iba a sucederle a la niña? Yeah, exactly. Another change that started to happen was that she saw that her daughter was getting really into comic books, which she found it a little bit odd. I mean, she it, it's not that odd because right. she did like anime, mm-hmm. but she found it odd because she bought the specific comic book that she requested and the comic book was called the demon in a bottle which is was part of the iron man comic books and this specific comic book costed 200 so she specifically asked for it and her mother also says that she never saw alicia even open this book with this comic book she never saw it she never saw like her have any sort of interest in it. She just specifically requested this comic book and and you know she was she thought that her daughter was getting into this this new hobby so she went to get uh, went ahead and bought it for her. After the month started to go by and and in um a few weeks before this specific incident, she noticed that Alicia also wanted to start going out more often. So she would ask her mom to, you know, to take her out, to go out and eat, to go out and shop. And 
Jessica found it very, you know, exciting to see her daughter going through these changes. And eventually, like a couple of weeks before she this happened, she at least asked her mother if she could go to the mall with two of her friends. And, you know, Jessica was like, what's going on? Like, yeah, sure. So she goes ahead and drives Jessica to the mall to meet up with these two boys from her school. They were a little bit older. They were like in their junior year, I think. I think it was junior or sophomore year. They were a couple of years older than her. And they had um, invited her over to talk about school and certain projects that they, I mean, uh, certain clubs that they thought that Alicia would want to join and um, they started talking about you know gaming and and just hanging out she says that on her way back home um, Alicia started talking to Jessica about the, t- the the guys and like what they were talking about and then she started to say that the other friend which was um, the first guy's close friend was really into fitness and he was like drinking protein shakes and like wanted like he was going to the gym and getting fit and Jessica really I mean Alicia actually really gravitated towards that and she started asking her mom for like protein shakes and like to you know help her get into fitness and she really wanted to grasp that aspect of of um of that of what happened there and like bring it into her own life All of this is just, Jessica just found it odd, but, you know, she was, like, accepting of it. And she was, you know, thinking that maybe this was another outlet for Alicia to, like, grow and and to become her own individual. But everything started to change on the second week of September 2019. On Friday, September 13th, Alicia had asked her mom if she could stay home from school. She said that she wasn't feeling good and that she was feeling very anxious and if it was okay to stay home. Her mom agreed and let her stay, especially because she felt that, you know, the pressures of high school and the pressures that she was going through and especially all of the changes that were happening with her when it came to like her music, her clothes, her makeup and all of this was getting to her. And, you know, she needed a day to her to relax and uh, like a self-care kind of day. So she let her stay home. It was usual for Alicia to take mental health days. And Jessica really encouraged her that if she didn't feel good, she didn't have to go to school. She could stay home and, you know, re-energize and then try again the next day. So on this specific day... In order to make her feel more comfortable, she started to ask, you know, would you want to go out? Would you want to, you know, do something? So Alicia agreed. And Jessica and Alicia went to have um, McDonald's. And they had her favorite meal, which was chicken nuggets. And it was like a specific, you know, food that she enjoyed. So she went and had that. Then after that, they went to go shopping. And then after that, Jessica recalls that they went to go get Alisa's eyebrows threaded. So she's like, you know, self-care, you know, do your thing. Yeah, they they had a girl's day. And she also recalls that they went to a chocolate shop to get like sweets. And she said that the whole day was like perfect. 
that uh, that Alicia just no notó nada raro. Yeah, that she didn't notice anything different. That she just looked really happy. Hmm. Jessica also tells investigators that there was nothing odd about that day. There was nothing different from her reaction, and she just looked very happy and very content with the fact that, you know, that her anxiety wasn't overwhelmed and, and she could still enjoy the rest of that day. As soon as the, the evening hit, Alicia spent the rest of her night at, inside her room playing uh, Minecraft. And Jessica recalls that you could hear Alicia from downstairs um, just laughing and talking to people online and, you know, just enjoying her evening with doing what she loved. On Saturday, September 14th, Jessica told investigators that it was just a regular ordinary day. There was nothing different, nothing unusual. And that, that Alicia spent most of her days on, online, upstairs. She was gaming and, and you know, doing the Discord thing and, and just chatting with people online. That it didn't seem odd at all. But on Sunday, at around 1 a.m. in the morning, Jessica was downstairs waiting for her husband to come home. And Alicia actually walks down the stairs and was caught by surprise by Jessica. She had so told her mother that she just wanted to go get a cup of water and that she was just going to go back upstairs. What Jessica did find odd was that before Alicia left to her room, she actually asked her mom what time she was going to go to bed. Hmm. Jessica didn't think much about it, but, you know, she just let it happen. So later that night, she had gone to bed and her husband uh, arrived home around 3 a.m. According to articles, he didn't see anything odd, anything different, and just went upstairs. At around 7 a.m., Jessica comes downstairs in order to prepare breakfast for the family. What seemed really odd was that the back door that was right next to the kitchen was open. Jessica assumed that it was probably her husband that, you know, was checking the doors and forgot to, you know, close that door. And, you know, she went to her husband and told, you know, asked him, like, you know, did you leave the door open? And he says that he didn't, that he hadn't even gone to that back door. So then he goes and starts to go look for Alicia to check up on her to see if she was okay. When he arrives to the room, he realizes that Alicia wasn't there. Right at the moment, he tells Jessica what happens. Both him and Jessica run downstairs, open the back door, and realize that the, there's a couple of chairs stacked up next to the brick wall in the backyard. When they look further, they realize that there is a footprint in the mud next to the wall that looked exactly like the shoe that Alisa wore. They went throughout the neighborhood asking people to see if there's they had any surveillance cameras or, or saw anything, but nothing. nothing was found. Jessica ended up calling the police and, ask, and asking them to, you know, reporting her missing and asking saying that she was um autistic and telling them what she had and and when she went missing and they said that they would come over and investigate during that time jessica goes up to alicia's room and starts checking to see if there's anything missing or if there was like a note or, or anything was you know out of place jessica said that she had found a note in her room that said quote I ran away. I will be back. I swear. I'm sorry. Alicia. After further investigating the room, she realized that 
not a lot of things were missing, but what were missing was the body spray that they she had bought, the makeup, a couple of her sweat sweatshirts and t-shirts, and the two hundred dollar comic book, as well as her laptop and her phone. Other than that, there was nothing else missing in that room. Also, let me add, she also took a small little backpack that had little metallic cat ears on the backpack. But other than that, there was nothing else missing in that room. She said that she went through everything and didn't find anything. She didn't find any sort of, like, breaking in. Nothing. Nothing was out of, like, the ordinary. Everything looked like it was pretty much left intact. I know. Oh, man. So when Jessica called the authorities and they arrived, they were pretty much surprised that, you know, all of the stuff that Jessica had found. But they also were left with the runaway note and basically took Alicia's case as a runaway case. So they pretty much said that there wasn't much that they can do about it because she, she was a runaway to leave because she chose to leave so what they said was we just need to wait it out mm-hmm. but jessica did not take that as an answer yep. she pressured the authorities to send out an alert for alicia she told them that based on her mental health and her uh being diagnosed with autism that she needed to be placed in a silver alert, which a silver alert isn't used for many people. It is mostly used for um, elderly people with um, with early signs or signs of dementia. So it's really hard for them to use that um, type of alert system if it's not an elderly person. After doing that, they started to pass around missing persons flyers and started to ask the community if they saw something, if they seen anything. And according to um, a lot of like two people that they talked to, that they, they had said that they had seen Alicia the night before she went missing, walking down a park nearby her house with an older guy with tattoos. But they never described anything else. They just said that she they saw him saw her or somebody that looked like her at that park with this older gentleman. After a while, Alicia's family said, Alicia probably ran away. Her birthday's in a couple of days. We'll wait until her 15th birthday to see if, if she, she comes around. Los 15 años de una niña son bien importantes. So they figured that if Alicia comes back by then, it, it um they wouldn't be that much worried that they expected her to return for her 15th birthday. But as soon as her birthday arrived, she never showed up. For her 15th birthday, Alicia Alicia actually requested her parents to go out to a steak dinner, which was different for her because, again, people within the spectrum like specific foods, and this was like her first time trying steak. So she requested that. And she also requested a red velvet cake. 
And in order to cumplirle sus gustos a su hija, Jessica reserved a place at a steak for a steak dinner and had made an order for that red velvet cake. During that afternoon of Alicia's birthday, she uh, Jessica put out an announcement within the local news and through social media that she invited anybody that wanted to come for Alicia to a specific park near her home and celebrate, well, not celebrate, but to kind of show their appreciation for Alicia and show that they love her and they cared for her and that they're here to support her return. And at that park, you see Jessica in front of the cake singing happy birthday to Alicia with a big poster of her missing flyer in the back and a 15 um, balloon sign next to her with everybody around her singing happy birthday. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday dear Alicia. Happy birthday to you. I love you baby. This video is completely heartbreaking because it shows the amount of people that showed up for Alicia, showed up to show the family support, but it also shows the heartbreak of a mother missing her daughter. Me puedo imaginar. Esperando que su hija llegara a ese parque, me imagino. Yeah. Oh, During this birthday, it's hard for me to say celebration, but, but, but for Alicia's birthday, the people that showed up received a slice of cake as well as um, a stack of flyers for them to pass around the neighborhood and any other neighborhood nearby. So even though it's a moment to celebrate Alicia's birthday, they also used that time to continue the search for her. After a couple of days, the Glendale, Arizona Police Department felt like it was the case was out of their hands and decided to pass on the case to the FBI. The FBI took on Alicia's case and began to search through Alicia's internet footprints. The only thing that made it a lot harder was the fact that they didn't have Alicia's laptop or her phone. So what they did was go through the possible places that she would visit and just hopefully find people that she had might have talked to on those on those platforms in order to find any sort of evidence. During the time this time they found the Discord page and they realized that Alisa was very active there talking to a specific group of people. Within this specific group there was a 20-year-old guy from Oregon who told authorities that he was part of the social chat room where Alicia frequent. And in this chat room, he says that Alicia told them that she was very anxious and that she was very socially anxious and was part of the spectrum and that she was going to go into high school and she was really scared. So within this forum, they really encouraged her to be more, you know, 
outs like outspoken more extrovert and not to be so scared because you know high school is a good experience and they also told her you know encourage her to start her gaming channel and start streaming and start you know being more confident in who she was but they were also you know telling her you know to be more cautious cautious about the internet and and you know not to trust anybody so easily during this discord the fbi actually asked and had a warrant for everybody within this discord to look through their you know conversations with alicia and this specific guy that gave up his um xbox for them to look through the chat uh, the chat conversations with alicia they brought out this specific conversation that they had that he had with her and in the conversation she has said that she, uh, this happened about i think a week before she actually um went missing and it is said that he had told him that she had sold her xbox and that she had a new boyfriend further on in the conversation she told she told him that she was going to run away hmm. he also says that Alicia was prone to be known to exaggerate or to lie within um, her conversations in these uh, discords. So they really didn't know what was real and what was like she lying about. So it was hard for them to pinpoint when there was like a, a sign or when there was something bad going on. They just assumed that it was Alicia's, you know, Alicia being Alicia. Mm. And she was, you know, lying about it. According to the investigators, they also talked to the two boys that she had met up with at the mall. These two boys also um, were told that Alicia had mentioned to them that, that she was going to actually run away to California. And that she was going to leave and she was inviting them to go with her to California. But again, because of... The type of person that Alicia was, they assumed that she was just, you know, being exaggerating yeah. and she was not being serious. According to detectives, they said that although they've tried a lot to figure out what happened to Alicia and where she can be, both her phone and her and her computer were never logged onto the internet since the day she went missing. So it has been difficult to find any trace of Alicia since September 15th. According to the different businesses around the city of Glendale and within um, Alicia's neighborhood, they have yet to find any real surveillance video of anything that happened on September 15th. That's crazy. So wow. apparently... There is no trace of her. There's no official concrete evidence if Alicia went with somebody, if she was taken away from her house. There's like no evidence of, of where she could have gone. Desafortunadamente, those neighbors tenía cameras like outside their home. There was actually her neighbor that was next door actually had a camera okay. pointed to the direction near Alicia's house but the way but the way that Alicia left the, the her backyard 
was literally out of sight. Yeah. Wow. So she was not going to come out on that on that surveillance video. So a lot of the theories that they have online was that Alicia knew about that camera. So she kind of wiggled her way around it so she wouldn't be be seen. It's crazy when the pones a pensar how useful how useful those cameras are. It is tantas cosas like. I mean, and we and we talked about different cases of like people that have gone missing and shown the last few images of of either people getting murdered or or going missing or or even like the last you know evidence that they have of of certain crimes. But the fact that this was going on and Alicia like kind of like planned it all was interesting. During the investigation, they also found a golf ball size hole in Alicia's uh, bedroom window. It was just very oddly placed. And according to Jessica, she says that Alicia had told them that a bird flew in through that window and left that golf size hole in her screen. But according to investigators and according to Alicia's stepfather, the hole was cut from the inside out. So what they're saying is that she might have been sending out notes to somebody from that that hole that she made in the screen. What investigators are are thinking that might have happened was that Alicia ended up meeting somebody online that is familiar with the Glendale, Arizona area. And she might have met up with this person one or two times or that she might have been sending him notes. What they also say is that this person had gotten to know her for a really long time. Confiaba ella en esta persona. Yeah, because if si te pones a pensar en todo lo que lo que dijimos anteriormente, she had been, you know, changing little things about herself here and there. And then out of nowhere, you know, she started to do these little changes that were out of that were out of her character. Yeah. And they're they're saying that he this person that she might have met up with was close enough to her and had a close enough connection to her to possibly go willingly with this person and not and take all these things with her because she thought I'm just gonna meet up with this person and I'm gonna be back home. She didn't think about this on the long run. And what Jessica thinks it's the most heartbreaking thing is that Alicia didn't take any of her medication with her. So she she doesn't know where she's at because most of the times whenever she left the house was because somebody took her. The only way she could have left the house was if she had deep trust in the person that took her. And for her, she feels that this person is the person that that might have abducted her. According to the FBI, there is no concrete information that Alicia has been abducted or if there's if she has been uh, transported to a different state, a different country, or if she is gone into sex trafficking. 
due to the coverage of Alicia's case, they have been able to raise enough money on their GoFundMe account in order to keep Alicia's missing flyer vigilant. They've been placing the flyer on billboards, gas station, and electronic messages throughout the highways in Glendale, Arizona, as well as different routes in the state of Arizona. As of now, Jessica and her family have been working closely with a private investigator to trace all of Alicia's digital footprint. This investigator also referred them to the Anti-Predator Project, who have taken a hold of Alicia's case free of charge. The Anti-Predator Project has worked closely with Alicia's family and tried to look through all of Alicia's um, social media accounts and accounts that she's used for gaming in order to see and open up um, any dialogues that she had with people within those platforms. Jessica has also worked with Kathleen Wynn, the director of the Project 25 organization who helps find missing children who believe that they have been sex trafficked. They are also dedicated to ending sexual exploitation by the year 2025. Project 25 is currently using special technology to deep dive into Alicia's case and to see who Alicia was connecting with before her disappearance. This family needs all the help that they can According to Officer Tiffany Nagula, a spokesperson for the Glendale Police Department, they have received over 300 tips regarding Alicia's case since she went missing in September of 2019. However, Alicia's case has been receiving the lesser amount of tips into her disappearance. It's on the lower spectrum of what they averagely get when it comes to a missing person's case. Alicia's case receives four to five tips a week. These range from tips going through different social media platforms to phone calls and to also the department's non-emergency line, as well as other phone calls internationally. Alicia's disappearance has resonated with so many hearts from different families, organizations such as the Anti-Predator Project, Project 25, and the National Center of Missing and Exploited Children, as well as law enforcement agencies who have joined in the search for Alicia. According to Jessica, she told the Republic, quote, I'm more than 90% sure that my daughter met this person online. I didn't even think these types of people existed that would lure our youth. I know this world can be evil, but honestly, that didn't cross my mind at all. Knowing the way my daughter's personality is, I don't think that she would have fallen for that. This person probably took a while to be able to gain her trust. And according to AZ Central, Jessica says, Alicia was a very cautionate person, and it was out of character that she would fall in for some stranger's schemes. She has also said, quote, I didn't know that I had people in my house without them actually physically being there. In an interview with the Republic, Jessica is quoted as saying, quote, whoever took my daughter thought that she was going to be another statistic, that I was just going to let it be. And that's not going to happen. From the moment that Alicia went missing, Jessica has not stopped searching for her daughter. She's even turned to social media as a platform to 
spread the awareness on missing and exploited children, as well as shining a light on Alicia's case and educate parents on children's safety online. A child doesn't vanish. A child just doesn't disappear. Someone out there knows something. Someone out there has seen something. The only difference is saying what you know and help bring them home. Help bring Alicia home. Alicia Navarro went missing on September 15, 2019 from Glendale, Arizona. She went missing at the age of 14 years old. She is a female of Hispanic descent with brown hair and brown eyes. Her height is 4'5 and her weight is 95 pounds. At the time of this recording, Alicia would be 18 years old and would be turning 19 on September 20th, 2023. If you have any information on Alicia's disappearance, it is asked that you contact the Glendale Police at 623-930-3000. Again, 623-930-3000. Or contact the Anti-Predator Project at 305-796-4859. Again, 305-796-4859. Or you can email them at tips at antipredatorproject.com. All of this information will be provided on the description of our episode as well as our social media platform. And this was the missing case of Alicia Navarro. Pero yo sigo confiada en que ella va a regresar. Y como siempre lo ha dicho en mis entrevistas, no me juzguen, aprenden de mí. Que lo que me ha pasado a mí le puede pasar a cualquier padre. Y necesitamos estar un poquito más atentos de lo que hacen en las redes sociales. I had strangers in my home without them physically being there. So for me, my advice to parents is to get educated of what's available out there in social media. Make sure that you know your kids' passwords and be constantly talking about the dangers and just monitor their media because I definitely believe it's a big, big problem that our youth is facing. This is why it's important que padres hablen con sus hijos about just the risk of the internet. It's por, it's not, like we're not judging um, her mom at all. Porque tampoco se imaginó que esto iba a pasar. Digo, I mean, your daughter, she really thought her, her daughter was getting to know herself. That she yeah. was in a phase. Or, yeah. you know, it's just... She... I can't imagine the guilt that she must feel. Of course. She did as much as she could. Habló con ella. I mean, she took her to therapy. Hablaron con ella de the risk of being online. And it's so sad that no matter how many times parents talk to their children, children van a escuchar, les van a traer una oreja y les va a salir por la otra. Porque piensan que they're, that they're invincible. And it's like, no. Shit, like, yeah. things like this happen. And that's scary. Yeah. She really thought she yeah. was coming back home. Yeah. 
it, it, the the tragic part of this is that a lot of a lot of these missing people cases especially when it comes to kids and, and online activity it's like they're trusting a stranger they're putting their life in hands of strangers because they have complete faith that this person is gonna be there for them and they've been groomed to think that you know they're there for them but the fact that you know sometimes parents have no control on those they things don't. is the scariest part yeah. they don't they could try and, but kids find a way yeah like you know there's always these like oh block this yeah. or use this app to block your child's activity but at the same time it's like these kids are so smart today oh yeah they'll find a way Oh, yeah, from online, but, like, but, at, at schools, they can meet this person yeah. at school. The parents don't want to start in Cima de Dios 24-7. Yeah, and and that's, I think that's also one of the things that I'm, like, she she probably felt more, more guilty about because it's, like, you know, how can you be a helicopter parent but also give your, your child this sort of freedom yeah. to find themselves and be an individual in society? And it's, like, Pobre madre. it's hard. Yeah. It, it's hard, but... I truly, truly, from the bottom of my heart, hope that Alicia comes yeah. home safe and sound. And and my heart goes out to, you know, Jessica and, and her whole family because, you know, it, it, it's difficult. It's devastating. And um, to kind of close this chapter, um, I know that a lot of people have been... Um, commenting online especially uh about specific people being jessica uh, specific people saying that alicia is a certain tiktok person that comes out on lives and stuff um it, it it was circulating i think at the end of last year that it was this random person on the internet and they thought it was alicia but um the mother had already confirmed that it's not her that it's not her daughter um and again you can send those tips into the hotline, but don't bring up conclusions of of these of you know of these missing people's cases because it just opens up wounds oh, for yeah. the parents. Don't make and, assumptions. And, yeah, exactly. And and you know, and we ask that if you don't have anything nice to say about these situations, please don't comment on them. Um, Neta, like, just, estás diciendo eso tú ahorita, and I'm just like, cuando miramos, yes, cuando miro así, when we're doing research and seeing these videos y los comments que la gente deja, it's like, que no tienes familia, no tienes corazón, mm -hmm. like, ¿por qué vas yeah. a escribir si la mamá ya se siente mal? ¿Por qué le oh, vas a dejar un eso. mensaje ya? Yeah. You you're not helping, just stop. Exactly. There, I she had recently. I, well, not, the last time she posted on TikTok, she had received um, a message that somebody has said she's already dead. Like, why are you still looking for her? And That's you know, up. Jessica, you Jessica replied to it, and she was being like, "You can't say mm -hmm. that to somebody." No. And my heart definitely goes out to her because she has. She wakes up every morning looking for her daughter but apart from looking for her daughter as many of these um 
parents of missing children have done is they themselves have become advocates and in, in strong strong supporters of other people who have been looking for their missing child or, or their missing family members and um they, they've become their own community in that sense um which is tragic to have to you know be this this type of community but but i'm glad that they have some support but um again if you have nothing nice to say don't say it like you you literally could just avoid that in general for them they, they don't need that type of hate but with that um we're closing off this episode again the if you know something say something the hotlines uh numbers and the emails would be in our description as well as on our social media platforms um there's also a gofundme page that i will attach to our link tree as well as below with this description of this episode and our comments um thank you so much for listening um if you want to listen to the rest of our 72 episodes 71 72 right i think it's 71 creo que este sea 72 i think so right yeah yeah this will be the 72nd 72 i don't this is how tired i am i put on my paper 78 72 okay you could listen to the 71 episodes um of our podcast on spotify apple Podcasts, amazon music google Podcasts. um just search up so even to my a podcast and we will pop up you could also just type in svsm podcast and we will pop up um also if you guys can rate review and subscribe to all those things it would be amazing for us we would really appreciate it um you could also listen to the whole um episodes of our podcast on latina podcaster network app and um just type in so it's my podcast and we will be there um and uh yeah thank you for listening um you can also follow us on social media on twitter on Instagram and on TikTok as at SVSM underscore podcast or on Facebook as Sovinitz Macabre Podcast. And um, yeah. yeah. Am I forgetting nope. anything? You're good. Okay. You're good. I think we're good. And as of this week, it's considered Pride Month. So happy Pride Month to um, all of those who celebrate as well as to those allies for sticking together with the LGBT community. Um, we love you guys. And um, yeah, until next week. Yeah, until next week, and we'll see you then. We'll see you then. Have a great weekend, guys. Yeah, it's yeah, it's already almost the weekend. We're almost there. I know. Almost there. We're almost there, guys. <laughs> <laughs> All, right, All right, then. Um, we'll we'll talk see to you guys next week. week. Bye. Bye. Stay spooky.